Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We uh, have uh, with us Sonia Bynes. She's the host of the local program Chatting with Sonia and Friends. I've been kind of watching you from afar, Mm -hmm. and I just think it's fabulous that of what you're doing. Thank you very much. We're excited to be in that space. Yes. And likewise, we've been watching you and over years though. Wow. And everything that you're doing as well. So great addition to Erie. I I, I want you to tell your origin story, if you would. Again, we're a family show. Did you grow up here in Erie or how'd you get get, uh, I am born and raised here in Erie. Went to school here in Erie. Uh, My family is originally from Erie. I have a son who lives here in Erie, so yes, nice. born and raised right here in Erie. High school? High school, I went to East okay. High School. Okay, yeah. I warrior. won't even age myself. Yes, yes. I am a warrior. How yeah. do you know about warriors? Oh, again, because, <laughs> you know, I remember back in the day when we had the Metro League, again, sports, right? So, mm-hmm. but, you know, you had you had East, you had Vincent, you had Central or Tech. Tech, Tech was my era, right? Uh-huh. And, of course, Prep and McDowell. And that yep. was like, you can create your own league, had, had all those rivalries at the, at the yep. stadium and so on. So, yeah. kind of miss a little of that now. Sonia. I do. It's yeah. so different now. Yeah. Um, everybody had their own home schools and home spirits. And again, those rivalries brought us all out to those home games. And sure. yeah, all of that is just history now. Everything's so different. Is, is, your, is the uh, impetus of your show, does it come from growing up here and seeing things that you see in the community that, you know what, I need to speak into this issue? Not that you're always wanting to list problems, right. but you want to want to raise a voice about something that you see. Right. Um, it started really young. I've, I was always the person who people would like to come and have a conversation with. So I would consider myself a great listener. So I would listen to people and give advice, if you will. And these people would always just be like, oh, you give the great advice. And you're just like a warm hug to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was always listening. And then later, as years went by, I became a young adult and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to create a space and a place for um, women of color, especially to get together and have important conversations and things that were important to us. I'm always and have always been fascinated by people. And so I always knew that behind every face, there's a story. And I was always interested in other people's stories, not so much my own. And then the show is chatting with Sonia. So it's not me so much talk chatting with them. It's really them chatting with me. And, and being a listener and kind of being able to unpack, you know, not only what they're saying in the present, but what's mm-hmm. the meaning or the emotion behind it. That, that's an intuitive thing that you, you bring to the table, isn't it? it? It really is. And so, and like I said, I've always been fascinated by people and mm. the stories you get to hear when you're really listening. And so nowadays you just don't find very many good listeners. It seems like everybody's talking. And yes. where are the listeners? Are, is anybody listening? Wow. So everybody has a podcast, a show, and people are eager to tell their stories for various different reasons, for healing and um, 
people's stories motivate people and inspire people, educate people, and that's the mission of the show. We're here to empower people, educate them, inspire them, and even encourage them, if you will. No, uh, absolutely. And I, I find it uh, interesting and very um, a very powerful statement to say I, you especially are wanting to uh, give a platform for women of color. Mm -hmm. And, I, I, you know, we have this juxtaposition. This is just this is my analysis. See if see if I'm at all on to something here. Sure. We have this juxtaposition of having very powerful women mm -hmm. uh, in the African-American community, yet even though there, there's power there, there doesn't, there doesn't seem to be society-wise mm -hmm. um, a lot of attention and, and, and uh, you know, ability to, to make sure that they're able to weigh in on the, com the, the community conversation. Is that, that close? Is you, you're hitting the nail right on the head, and that is so true. And because we're just, you know, you often hear people say, you know, women of color, they're looked over, passed over, unseen and heard. And that's true. Um, that That's the truth. And that's how it oftentimes is. Like, we have to work really hard just to be seen and heard. And I was reading somewhere just not too long ago, Viola Davis. Everyone should know who Viola Davis is in the microaggressions. And she just said, you know, I was on set. I am who I am. She's worked hard. And one of the directors mistakenly called her the name of his maid. And I, I just thought that was so dismissive and rude and disrespectful. Who today something tells me Meryl Streep doesn't Meryl Streep doesn't get I'm mixed up with the maid. I'm almost certain she does not get called anyone's maid. Ay ay ay. And so it's it's a real thing. It's still mm. very prevalent today, and we're working really hard to become who we are. And that's probably even one of the reasons why Michelle Obama named the book "Becoming" because we are important. We matter. We should be seen for the hard work that we're putting in. And um, again, that's one of the reasons why this space is so important and very near and dear to my heart. What, what, what is challenging to me to understand, though, is that if you take any prominent African-American, who's the first person that they pay homage to when they have a platform? It's their mother. Their moms. Yes, I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my grandma. All the athletes and uh, uh, actors and actresses. So, so to have that happening, in, like I said, have that happening in culture yet, when push comes to shove, when we, we need political action or we mm -hmm. need uh, uh, an opinion, a community decision, you're saying they, they go right past the African-American woman. And, and it's, it just baffles my mind because yeah. we're, we're so strong and we carry so much weight. And like you said, of the families, of the communities, mm -hmm. of the children that are in school with, with all of the issues that's happening, it weighs so heavily on, on the black woman. So we yeah. do have a place. It's just I don't understand how it's just looked over all the time. It, it, yeah, it, it, we we're, we're still kind of unpacking all of this, right. <laughs> uh, you know, this kind of construct. That we literally had. have the ability to decide who our families even vote for. 
Mm. And so, yes, we play vitally important roles in our communities, in our homes, and we're pretty much the backbone of the families. And that goes without even being said. You can literally see that. Do you feel that in particular in Erie that women of color have it even more difficult than if we were in big city Atlanta or big city New Jersey uh, Baltimore, uh, or, or even, you know, rural South where again, maybe the, the, um, the percentages, uh, of different races is different than Erie PA. Erie does definitely presents its challenging it? challenges, but now as of late, you do see a lot of women out here grinding and putting in real work. There are so many small businesses, uh, even on this block here, uh, you see the young lady opening. There's two businesses, the one over at the food hall yeah. and the she vintage here, a taste mm-hmm. and see. Actually, there's two in the food hall, yeah. one here. So we're working really, really hard to be visible. Maybe in the other southern states, I believe they're, they're a little bit ahead of us, which that's not surprising. But at the same time, it, it still does happen. We still put in so much work, but we are making wave and I'm yeah. really proud of it. I, I do believe there is, there was, I was reading somewhere doing my research and it was stating that black women are really progressive now in creating businesses. We're highly educated. And uh, so, so yeah, I feel like the time is finally, the tide is finally turning Sure. with sure. Katanji Brown becoming the first <laughs> African-American woman. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Gorman, the youngest uh, woman of color to be a Polarette at the Capitol, at the state. Um, and yeah, who else was there? Uh, Dr. Kismi Corbett, she led the uh, COVID vaccine. Okay. And so we're doing powerful things. And I feel like we're just now beginning to be noticed a little bit, but we've been working hard for years. How do you uh, explain it to me as, as a white male? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. You hear from Dr. King saying, you know, uh, kind of like an approach to color blindness. Yet, you know, it seems like we we are talking more than ever about color. Mm-hmm. Is it because of uh, because we haven't done enough hard work up until this point to make sure that the opportunities were there for everybody? I feel like people, just to put it nicely, people are not paying attention. And so, again, when I say we've been looked over, it's it's not as if we weren't here and doing the work. It was just, it, it, I guess society just felt like we just weren't important enough to or be taken for granted. That too, to be especially on the political radar. thing, yeah, right. Like, and wow. so, again, I, I go back to that dismissed, uh, not mm. being seen nor heard. And with that intersexuality, we're women also, um, not just women of color, but being a woman and in a woman of color. So that those are like two areas where you would just have to work extremely hard. Yeah. So uh, you, you said you're a good listener, Sonia, and you like to have these conversations. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the lights turned on and the cameras around. What gets you into that space? 
what get well i care about people i genuinely care about people and i anyone who knows me i just say you know my space and my time is sacred to me mm -hmm. and so when i take the time to have these conversations or listening um to you it, it, it matters it so, matters so so did you did you have a light bulb come off in the middle in the mid 2000s the 2010s and say you know, I have these opportunities to do podcasts or to do a, a cable TV show. Like, did somebody recruit you? How did that all work out? Well, no one really recruited me. Again, it was about the spaces that I was in. And, and you know, I am an entrepreneur and I okay. just left corporate about, it'll be a year in July. Wow. And so it was microaggressions everywhere. And it, it, I don't know if people really know they're being microaggressive or if it's just the way their lives are. I, I well, don't what, know. What, like what would be a, like in a corporate situation? Like I, I could see you know, being around a conference room. Is it is it like people stepping on over you or I mean, what's a microaggression? In a that? microaggression would be you would be the only black or brown person in a room yeah. and no one would greet you or no one would even acknowledge that you were there. So you're talking more like common courtesy in that regard. Common courtesy in that regard. <laughs> or I could even recall being asked to do something really special like within the company and then the at the time the supervisor was just like, oh, that's really nice that, you know, someone would ask you to do something like that. But like you were incapable time, that too, or like, well, you're, it's going to require you a little bit of time away from your desk. Well, how are you going to make up the time? And it was like a huge, it was a huge deal to, it was an honor to be asked. Sure. And that's the only thing you could focus on was when will you be available to make up the time that you'll miss for doing this great thing. And so it's just a bunch of little things again not being seen not being appreciate appreciated and just looked over it, it was just a lot and it's just not in corporate either yeah it, it's just in many different spaces and places and so in hospitality settings if you're in, in a restaurant or something is that tough for you sometimes no, um, no, it's not not that bad because okay, I mean, these people are there to serve. Obviously, yes, I mean, yeah. obviously, anyone would get like either great service or not so great service. Okay, so not that way. It's just in the intimate spaces. It would be interesting, and you can definitely tell when someone's looking over you or not even trying to hear from you, or if if you're in a meeting and they're going around asking everyone what what are your thoughts and your opinions, and then you're skipped over. That's and it's shock. just next that's shocking, to the next person. Man. So things like that. <laughs> I mean, that's just so blatantly shocking. So I don't get it. Blatantly. And yeah, so some of it. them are just outright aggress aggressions. Yeah, just and then forget about micro part. Like, wow. like what happened to Violet Davis? That was just so. So this out of the out of this kind of lived experience, you're like. We need to start talking about this. And so, so what do you do? How do you how do you go about starting a show? And so I I just thought like, hmm, we need to be able to be seen and heard and we need a space to to be able to do that. We have things that we 
would like to say um, we work, live, and play in the city. We should be seen and heard. Um, we are mothers and daughters, and we're doing everything. We're entrepreneurs that everyone else is doing, and we should be seen and heard. So I said, I will create a place where we can get together and talk about things that matter to us. And each one of us, we're listening to each other. So you can say whatever it is you want to say. We're here. We're listening. We can relate, if you will. And so this space, this Chatting with Sonia and Friends space, it's a place where we can come and do exactly that. And we can be exactly who we are and say whatever it is that we would want to say. Okay, so having a bunch of women talking, <laughs> what is the cool part about that and what's the challenging part about that? The cool part about that is we're not all talking at simultaneously. <laughs> we're not the views. Yes. Well, <laughs> we, do give, we do give everybody their space to, to talk. And um, yeah, so I created like, like, hey, like everybody just get couple minutes, get in there, whatever it is that you want to say. And then we're all listening too. So we're actually learning from each other. Um, we were friends. Some of us knew each other and some of us did not. Mm -hmm. So some of us were colleagues and we just got together and then we were learning each other. So each one, whoever was talking, we were literally listening to get to learn who we were, what we liked, what we didn't like. Mm -hmm. And we've created real friendships. And so that's the that's the good part about it. Is there is there a theme that you generally start with? That, what do you mean a topic? Oh, well, I, I guess you have guests to do a topic, yes. right? Mm -hmm. But uh, before you get to the guests, is there do you bring themes, or does it do you know that hey, we're going to talk about mental health, so we let's kind know. of kind of collect into that? And we so do know the subjects yeah. at hand, and then we just kind of prepare for them. Okay. And once the guest is coming on, we pretty much talk around the guest, and sure. we'll invite a guest. Like if we're talking about mental health, uh, we had Dr. Fauble there the one time, and um, we had Patrick there, obviously, and he's a suicide prevention assistant. Wow. So we would bring these people in, and we're really interested in what it is that they're saying too. So we would bring some of our own personal questions and things like that for the expert. So it's been working out. I love it. I wow. absolutely love it. That's a pretty, now how long is the actual program? The program is 30 minutes. So that goes super fast. It goes by way too fast. <laughs> so you do have to be prepared and, and be ready. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we try to be as impactful as we can uh, within that 30 minutes, but uh, it, it's working. Um, we're we're educating people on certain things like um, there's health disparities in the black and brown community. So we had MCIC on and um, they're tackling that. We talked about, you know, diabetes and postpartum in women of color. Some of the things that we don't talk about publicly, we started talking or we started talking about these things <clears throat> so people can listen in. Wow. Women of color, we typically never address these postpartum issues. So I brought it to the show, and you'd be surprised how many women of color were suffering uh, quietly and silently postpartum. I was one of them. And I just thought, like, okay, people have babies all the time. Don't be a baby about having a baby. And so I didn't say anything, but I just cried a lot in the shower. I was really sad. And I thought, you know, there's women who can't even have children. Why are you sad? And so I just kind of muddled my way through. And had I mentioned that to my doctor, she could have, you know, reassured me like, this is normal. 
um, it's okay that you're sad and here's some things that you can do. But I just kind of fought my way through. But it was really, really challenging for me. And I just never said anything. So when we started talking about these things. You find out that other women suffer too. And then even the ladies on the panel was like, me too. That happened to me too. But we just never said anything. So now in this space, we're able to say it confidently and boldly and here's what we're thinking here's what we're feeling and so the space is is sacred and we welcome those conversations sonia i want to continue this conversation here i, I find it uh amazing and, and again um i find it really amazing that you stepped up that you said I've got the skills. I've got the, I'm going to say God-given gifts, right? Thank you. Uh, I mean, you know, I feel like God gives us a, a gift mix, spiritual gifts. I do agree. And, uh, and so, and what, and those include being able to, uh, being able to communicate effectively and listen effectively. And, and basically you're a connector, you, you're connecting people, right? I, mean, I do feel like we're providing a resource to our communities. I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, I think there's a lot to learn uh, across all neighborhoods in Erie uh, when it comes to uh, understanding, you know, things like race and, and our, our, the different folks that live in this community. I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about again, I think it kind of is in line with this microaggression conversation insofar as. Do you feel that sometimes people hold back, especially, you know, maybe people of authority or white people of authority, they hold back to be, uh, to, that they're worried about the response. Mm -hmm. Like, can we do better with interracial communication, I guess is my question. I mean, sometimes people are a little bit, they just don't know what to say or how to say. Yeah. So they are a little bit standoffish, if you will. And I, I do believe that there could be some sort of a communication barrier. It just depends, like within the healthcare system as well. And I don't know if you realize it or even heard or know it, that some African-American people don't do well at with the health uh, healthcare systems. Well, we, we knew that there were health disparities, right? but it was really hard to find out the why of all of that other than mistrust and Tuskegee. And, and, you know, I feel like those were surfacey issues. What you're talking about is much deeper. It sounds like, well, those are the beginning of some of the issues and we just don't, we're not as trusting as a culture. And those are some of the reasons why too. And even as far as like, African-American women. Um, I once heard someone say, you know, how uh, law enforcement treats a black male is how the healthcare system responds to black women. And so within the healthcare system, as far as like when we're having children or things like that, you, you even hear celebrities say, you know, something wasn't just right. Serena Williams was even championing for, you know, I was treated less than as a woman at a healthcare facility while I was having my daughter and you're not, they're not believing you. When you say there's something wrong, um, no one's taking you seriously or, I mean, that hasn't really been my experience. Okay. I, I can't speak personally that for me, yeah. but I've had women complain about their maternal care has not been the greatest. And again, it's just, they haven't, they weren't taken seriously. Like if they're in pain 
or just disregarded, if you will. And that's why a lot of women of color have now turned to doulas. Because with the doulas, you have an advocate for you. Uh, the doulas are skilled and trained and certified. They can accompany you to your maternal appointment, and they can also assist while you're actually delivering, making sure that you get the best possible care. And so it's reasons like that that, you know, there's a mistrust there. Yeah. And again, I'm not speaking for everyone. Everyone, other people could have had pleasant experiences. It just depends, but it is not uncommon. Is there a classism that, that you experience too? I mean, as far as, um, you, you know, whether it is a two-parent household or, you know, where, what neighborhood, whether they live in Fairview or live on, on the Lower East Side or whatever, whatever we're talking about here. It could very well be, Joel, um, and depending on what type of insurance you may have uh, as well, because if it's yeah. a state or government um, insurance, if you will, you may not receive the best care. It, it just depends. It, and it could just well. be... Racism, it, it, yeah. it exists and lives everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so you can't rule that out either. And so you have to read and you have to advocate for yourself in all spaces, in all spaces. And if you feel that you're tr being treated poorly or not adequately, like I said, especially for maternal care for women of color, then it would be in your best interest to seek out a doula. Yeah, just and, and, speak and so out. they're and they're becoming very, very popular these days. I actually know a few personally myself, and so now since we know these things, we're paying attention to a lot of things. And again, through this show, we try and educate women and even men too, mm. as far as your health is concerned, uh, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, and, and we're just here to bring resources like the, again, the MCIC as far as health disparities. It, it's a place if you don't feel comfortable going to the regular a physician or whatever, these people can kind of counsel you and guide you and lead you to where to go. I want to pivot to education. You know, literally millions of dollars is being spent mm -hmm. on things, everything from community schools to student support uh, and uh and even this concept, which I, I find it is it is really a big challenge mm -hmm. of having representation in the schools uh, for teachers. And so um, uh, Mr. Nixon is a friend of mine mm -hmm. uh, from the Erie School District. He is uh, their, their diversity director. Mm -hmm. And he is just knocking his head against the wall, trying to find more and more persons of color to be teachers in the classroom. Any thoughts about how that is all going to shake out? I, that's, that's always been uh, an issue. You know, people would wonder. Did you, how many black, how many black uh, or brown up, uh, teachers did you have growing up? Growing up at East, I remember having, I remember seeing two and they were two women of color. Okay. And they were best friends. And oh, being yeah. a young girl, seeing them, uh, we, me and my girlfriends would be walking through the hall and we would just be like, hi. Um, and we would see the camaraderie and representation is important. We loved seeing them and we loved having them as educators because for one, you just felt comfortable and they could relate to whatever it is basically you're going through yeah. because growing up as an educator, 
we, you, you look to them for understanding, you look to them for empathy, and more than likely, they, they do understand, and they come from where you've come from. But that's a calling, and unfortunately, not a lot of people of color have felt like they've wanted that calling, because honestly, if you're a professional and you're a person of color, you may choose a business job or, mm -hmm. you know, an executive job. I mean, yeah. you, you, I'm, so that's tough to say, you know what, I need, I'm going to become a teacher or I'm going to become a doctor or I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? Right. And that's where mentorship plays a there huge part because wherever you are in whatever that space you are, then you can always reach back. You can volunteer. Um, if teaching is not your area of profession or expertise, then you can mentor a young person of color. And there are so many educational programs and in initiatives out there. You can volunteer. There's, there's a lot. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain you probably know Edison Nicholson, Nicholson and the youth leadership. Okay. There's a ton of different mentorship opportunities out there. The big brothers and big sisters. Yep. So you can get involved. I feel like we need to things. also think, put some money towards this particular issue. Like mm -hmm. we need to wrap that potential college student in some cash so that it's not this huge burden to go to Edinburgh mm -hmm. and get your teaching certificate. And, you know, and you know, eventually you need to get your master's while you're in school. Mm -hmm. But we've got to make it easier uh, to, to get better outcomes. Because when we did the study, and again, it's been a few years, but there wasn't even a, like a pipeline. There was the percentages of the, of the undergrads and the graduate students in the School of Education what was it, 4% chain? Or it, was, it, was, it was single digits. Wow. And it could very well be to the wages, too. There's so underpaid. 100%. That's, well, and, and we have the same thing with, with the police. And underappreciated, underpaid, overworked. And so who, unless you have a passion for it, and you can still have a passion for it, but you can still be a corporate executive and then volunteer, so you don't have to be that to, to be that. And so that could be very well some of the issues. Do, do you feel like uh, for, I mean, my dad was like all about education. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he killed himself three years, three, three different jobs. At, you know, he was a police officer, but oh, okay. he worked extra jobs to make sure that we had what we needed to, uh, to go to schools. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, education is, is the key to lifting people out of poverty. It, it is. Um, we're, we're living in a different time, I feel, and, and education is extremely important. My mom used to say, you know, education can determine your zip code. And so she used to make that point. But at the same time, some people are just, we're just living in a different day and time. Some people are more concerned about the debt of it all. Um, and there's so many other things when you think about social media and the money that you can make, these influencers, oh uh, being an entrepreneur. Uh, so some people are just shying away from traditional education. My son just graduated college and I thought, hmm, did you want a class ring? And he, he never even thought about it. And so I started Googling, are they still around? Class <laughs> rings. And even when I started Googling class rings, um, it, it, it's popped up where it's just like one of the questions were, do people even wear class rings anymore? And so it, it, what's really traditional anymore? Right. 
Right. Oh, that's true. So people are taking trades. They're working mm. really hard to become influencers. Podcasters are making money. And mm. it's just so many ways to be creative that people are just thinking alternatively, like, what else can I do? And we live in a fast paced world. Like everyone wants to be wealthy in two days. <laughs> and so some people just don't, they're just not wanting to, like I said, A, go into debt and B, take the time to complete a master's program or, so yeah. it's all up in the air. It just depends. And you can be just as, as successful. And I remember one time I was watching an episode, Don't Shoot Me, of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Okay. No. <laughs> and no. before Bruce Jenner. No shame from this corner. <laughs> Before Bruce Jenner uh, transformed, if you will, I remember okay. him having this conversation with his daughters and he was literally saying, you know, back in his day, he went to college and it was only to become successful. And the last to his daughters, he was just like, you know, people get in debt and go to college to become what they already are. Mm. And so he left it up to his daughters. If you want to go to college, it's up to you. If you do not, you're already successful business women. Right. So, and I'm yeah. guess they chose not to. I, I, I would imagine that Courtney and Kylie are just doing, and Kim, of course, just They're doing fine. Doing right? just fine, and they chose <laughs> not to go up right. clearly. So it oh just gosh. depends. That's interesting. I want to pivot. Uh, another major element uh, is the faith community, mm -hmm. and and again, maybe you could shed some light on. Uh, on the, the importance of church uh, for people of color, for women of color. And, um, you know, can there be more that the church does, I guess? Well, for me, I am a Christian at heart. I, I love God and I'm not afraid or nor ashamed to say that. It's been the foundation of who we are as a culture, as a people, and especially for black women. Um, we're raised in church and we're raised to pray and to, you know, live our lives according to the word of God. So we, we do that. And that's probably where we acquire a, a good majority of our strength because it's hard. It's very, very difficult. But that's where we find solace and peace and strength and wisdom in order to do everything that we do. So the church, the community of church, it plays a huge part in shaping who we are as people, as a culture, as women. So wow. it's, it's vitally important. And it is there to act as a service, if you will. It, it's a business as well. And, and they're in the business, business of transforming lives. So I, I wholeheartedly believe in the Christian value system and church and God. Do, do you feel like uh, where Erie, the moment that Erie's in right now, mm -hmm. is there is there more that we can do both in the faith community and in the general community? Again, I, obviously, I'm referring to you know the, what's on the headlines of the paper every day: the youth violence, the the kid that was shot at Erie High. I mean, these are all things that just burn a hole in your stomach and you worry. Uh, and, 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 you know, it, you don't need to live in the city no. for this to be your issue. No, you don't. I feel like they're, they're coexisting at the same time. I, I don't know if there's anything that anybody can do better, but do something. 
And so we're all here, whether you're in the church community or if you're a community member, we're all working towards a common goal. And even though it may not be my son, it's it's my son yeah. because yeah. I'm so connected to women and women of color. We care about each other. And these are our children. This is our community, and we do care. And we have Brother D on the show as well. Yeah. And uh, we talked to him about that. And I just came right out and asked him, is there more? Like, what What can anyone do? And basically, he was just saying, you know, what you're doing right now, you know, you pivoted the show to discuss this. You, you do care. And we're here doing everything that we can. And so I feel like the, the church is doing what they can and should do. And we, as parents, it, hopefully you would think they're doing the best that they can. And even collectively as a community, we all owe to the spaces that we're in, the spaces that you're taking up. Make sure you are doing whatever it is that you can to, to give back in some way. And like you said, whether you live in the city or not, you are being directly, indirectly affected by the violence in the community. There's, there's no, I love how you said, in the spaces that you take up, we all, well, yeah, we all have, a, we have, we, we all take up space. Either it's going to be a positive mm -hmm. impact on the community or it could be a negative impact on the community. I'm down to our last couple minutes with Sonia Buys. Uh, Sonia, I want to ask you, look, look forward 12, 24 months. Where do you think, what do you, what kind of outcomes do you want to come from your show? Well, we want to continue to educate people and hopefully we'll be able to reach a broader audience and maybe um, have different guests. We're, we're looking to not be as just locally here. Who knows? Maybe we we'll even spread out and travel a little bit more, take the show on the road. And so, yeah, we're looking for bigger and better things and more people getting involved. So hopefully we'll continue to get the support that we're getting. And it's, it's growing. It's growing a lot. And so far, so good. People are reaching out, you know, how can I watch? How can I be a part of? And so we're open to that. And it's just not women of color having a conversation. I mean, it's that too, but we're providing so much more to our community in these spaces. Do you think that you're gonna start speaking out um, even more on like, ish, yeah, I mean, do you ever think that you'll get this, get this blowback of saying, well, you know, stay in your lane, Sonya. Or has that already happened? <laughs> I don't feel like we're, um, and what, what lane would that be? <laughs> I, mean, well, I'm seeing, I mean, but yeah, I mean, oh yeah, you, you, you talk over here. I mean, literally that's how people divide up our culture. Don't they? I think we're used to that. <laughs> so that's where the space was created from. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. So yeah. what lane is that? If you're educating people, um, what lane is that? I'm sorry. Like, yes. So we're going to be talking about those things. And, and if you're trying to motivate people, what lane is that? You bring in whatever it is that you think that you can educate them with, whether it's community. Um, we don't really talk about politics, but we do talk about the importance of voting mm. and how you should vote. And again, by us being women of color, we, we have families who look to us for those things. So we're doing our research, finding out, you know, who to vote for, how to vote for. We don't tell our families 
who they should vote for, but we equip them with the information. Here's who's going to do the best that they can yeah. according to your life. Last question. Do you think that it takes a lot of courage to do what you do? Absolutely, because whenever you're putting yourself in a public space, you're opening yourself up to be judged by people who don't even know you. But if you keep the mission close to your heart and you wake up every day with a desire to do well and be better and encourage people and inspire them to do the same, then it's okay. Uh, that's, I just get an overwhelming sense of courageousness. <laughs> from Sonia Buys. Thank you so much. It's Absolutely. Chatting with Sonia and Friends Sunday mornings at 6.30 and also available on other social media streams. Uh, check her out at uh, Facebook there. Just type in Chatting with Sonia and you'll find it. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very much, Joel, for having me. It's been fun. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>